So on the flipping side, like, you know, it really, really has to be deal dependent. I think you really have to look at it and go, you know, does it make sense to sell it? All said and done, I ended up losing $65,000 on that deal. Woo! Welcome to the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through real estate. We'll be discussing the most important lessons or better known as the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, entrepreneurship, and personal finance with new and experienced investors to help you get into real estate investing or scale up your portfolio. So make sure to tune in. What's going on, everyone? It's Ross Nadai. I'm a real estate agent, an investor, and host of the Real Estate Golden Nuggets podcast. I have an amazing episode full of golden nuggets for you. If you like this podcast and gotten any value out of it, please share this far and wide to reach as many people as possible. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment, like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so that you can stay up to date on the most recent episodes. Thank you so much for your support. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Golden Nuggets. Today, I have my special guest here, Rob Chopra, who is an investor in Hamilton and Niagara region. And I'm very excited to have him on the show today. Without further ado, Rob, please tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your uh, journey so far in the real estate investing world. Yeah, absolutely. Ross, uh, listen, thanks a lot for having me today. I'm really grateful to be here. And, uh, you know, thanks for reaching out. I'm looking forward to tonight. So uh, yeah, my name is Rob Chopra. I'm uh, I'm from the Hamilton area. I moved here from Halifax, Nova Scotia back in 2004. So I've been here about 16, 17 years. Uh, my journey in real estate uh, started in uh, back in 2019, late 2018, where I started with um, some uh, real estate investing education. Um, but I got into my first deal in 2019. Um, so currently I'm investing in the Niagara region. Um, most, uh, most importantly in the Welland, uh, community, I've done some stuff in, uh, St. Catharines. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. Well, tell us a little bit how you kind of transition into becoming an investor. Cause I know you mentioned you, you, you kind of did a bit of, uh, you know, learning and researching and, and what, at what point in your life you decided to take action? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. So my, my story, my journey kind of goes back. I, I worked in the casino industry for quite a few years. And in, in 2011, um, I realized that I wanted to go back to school. And at that time, I was living in a house, a small house in St. Catharines. And, and you know, I came to the realization that in order to go back to school and leave the casino industry, I was going to have to sell my property. And I was like, well, at 31 years old, I don't know if it's really a great idea that I go to student residence <laughs> and so on and so forth. So I actually ended up buying a semi-detached house in St. Catharines um, where I lived in the basement. And that mm -hmm. was kind of like the first start of my journey in 2011. Um and so I lived in the basement. I rented the upstairs. And uh, I guess, you know, I'll throw some light on this. And I think my wife will love this. But uh, that's actually how I met my wife. <laughs> she oh, was, wow. Yeah, she was, she was my tenant. And I know a lot of people say don't mix business with pleasure. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing here today uh, without her. She is my biggest fan. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, back in 2003, uh, 2011, I bought that. And then I, you know, finished school. I had that until 2017. The crazy part was, is that I didn't even really realize that I was investing in real estate, right? I mm. still wasn't really in the mindset, you know, even right. though I had moved out of it in 2015 and I had tenants up and down um, until 2017, I, I was like, I, I still didn't really get it. You know, I was getting money and I was paying the mortgage and I had some extra money in my bank account. And, right. 
I was like, well, you know what? We'll, we'll sell it. Cause the next step was, well, we're going to buy a house. We're going to get married. We're going to buy a house. And I sold it. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened was I missed having that extra money in my bank account. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute. And then something just clicked. Yeah. And I was like, I got to figure this out again. So I kind of let it go off. Right. I was just starting a new career. Yeah. Um, so on and so forth. And then I kept kind of bouncing back and bouncing back and bouncing back. And what had happened was, is that a buddy had reached out to me and he said, Hey, listen, you know, I know you got a little bit of a knack for, for real estate. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to be doing some real estate education. He's like, do you want to split the cost? And I was like, why don't you give me a little bit about it? And right. I was actually on my honeymoon in, <laughs> in Chicago. Okay. And I was like, I was like, yeah, sure. And we took our honeymoon the, the year after, but uh, right. I was like, yeah, let's talk about it for sure. Let's get into it. So I ended up taking Rich Dad Education uh, in late 2018, right into 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I ended up buying my first deal in uh, in the fall of, of 2019. And that's kind of really how my journey started right from there. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. I, lo- I love that how you got... Uh... You and your wife are somehow always into wine and involved in real estate one way or another, right? <laughs> yeah. It does get a bit overwhelming for, for individuals that are looking to start because they, you know, one of the things they do is they compare themselves, right, to other investors yeah. um, that probably have been in the game for longer than themselves, right? So uh, for somebody who's starting out, I mean, based on your experience, how did you manage kind of the mindset and the personal development side to to not to wor- worry too much about, you know, uh, uh, comparing yourself to others or trying to compete, but versus, versus growing, you know, organically yourself in your own journey. Yeah, I think, I, I think, you know, this is something that, that, and I'm so happy you brought this up because I think it's really, really important. And following that, that rich dad education and, and I, I was kind of, I was all pumped up. I was like, yeah, okay, I can do this. You know, I can do this. Let's go buy a property. And I bought a property and, and I was like, okay, let's flip it. You know, we're going to create a single family home. We're going to flip it and we're going to put it back on the market and we're going to make a whole whack of profit. And, <laughs> and then, and this is how it works. And I was like, okay, you know, so I had all this mojo, mojo, mojo. What happened was I didn't do enough due diligence. So here's what happened. Bought the property. Mm-hmm. We closed on it. Ended up with saying, okay, we're going to rent it. We're going to completely gut it. We're going to renovate it. We're going to create a single family home. We're going to make it three up that was existing, two in the basement. Beautiful. We're just going to top notch. Right. So we kind of set out a renovation budget. And at that time, we were sitting on an after repair value, so an ARV mm-hmm. of what we thought was obtainable. Because that's kind of like, okay, yeah, we can make that work. Right. But what ended up happening is as time went on, on that renovation, our budget kept kind of going up and up. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at the profits, it was going down and down and down. And so here's what happened. All said and done, I ended up losing $65,000 on that deal. Woo. My very first project. So. If you kind of look at it, right? And and here's the thing, you know, it was listed in October, I think, of okay. 2019. And by the time it had officially closed, it was February of 2020. But we had anticipated for an after repair value plus what we had looked at for our renovations. We had number one blown on our over our renovation budget. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But number two, it didn't come anywhere near what we anticipated for an after repair value. We purchased the property for 330000 at the time. And I know right. for some of the listeners, if you could buy a place in St. Catharines right now for 330000 in a bungalow, <laughs> we'd all be going crazy. Let's have the deal back. Let's have the deal back. But it ended up selling for 464000 mm. So not to mention on top of that, we were 100% financed in that deal on private lending. 
Okay. Wow. So we had brought a bunch of the capital, right? Which right. we were able to, we had the private lending and so on and so forth. The great, the great part is, and I've developed such great relationships from it yeah, is that yeah. we paid back all of our lenders and we kept to our word and that's the way to do it. But what right, happened right. is I had to start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where the self-development side came in. And I was like, okay, I need to reevaluate. I got some education. Right. But then I was like, now I need a little bit more. I need to really understand what it is that I'm trying to do. So the first thing that I did at the time is I just, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I could give is that the network, the real estate investing community is, 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 is quite small. If you think about it, Yeah, I think for all of us that are on social media and stuff, we're so indulged in actually following other real estate investors, people that are on their own journeys and stuff like that. So it feels like everybody's doing it, you know? Yeah. But the reality is the communities are quite small. Yeah. And what I found was, I was like, look, I got to just kind of get to a position where I just got to get to know some people and, and, you know, just reach out. And, and so that's what I ended up started doing. Started mm-hmm. reaching out to some investors that were in the Niagara region. I knew that was where I wanted to be, right? Like when I first moved here, that was, the, you know, Niagara holds such a strong place in my heart. You know, I have a lot of passion for it and I'm down yeah. there a lot because that's where my in-laws are and stuff. And, and a lot right. of my friends from the casino. So I was like, I know I want to be here. Okay. Let's decide now where I want to go. So what I started doing was kind of just like looking around on social media, like Instagram particularly. And I was like, okay, you know, who's investing there? And I started attending some events. And one of those events was the Wright Club in Burlington. Right. And when I went to the Wright Club, I was able to meet some other investors. And you know what I did? Here's what I did. I just, I just shared my story. Mm-hmm. I, I basically just got down to the grit and I was just like, look, this is what happened. This is where I'm at. But hey, man, I'm ready to go. Yeah. 99% of the people were like, dude, you didn't give up. I'm like, no, I didn't give up. And you know why I didn't give up? Because it's my why is way too big. I love it. Yeah. Right? I was like, if I give up now, right, then I may as well have just stayed where I was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yep. You know, and just kept kind of going on with my with my casino job. And and you know, I love my friends and, and that I've made there and I still keep in contact with lots of them, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. And so I started with that point, Ross, right? I started with that and I said, look, I'm going to go, I, I, I just keep attending these events. And then I got to the point where I was like getting so much positive value. Another tidbit I could give in that was like, I just offered up my time uh-huh. in exchange for just some learning opportunity. Hey, you know, let's say Ross, it's yourself, you know, Hey right. Ross, like, you know, I know you're investing in one. Like, are you going out there anytime today or this week? Like, would you mind if I, you know, tagged along, you know, can I buy you lunch? something like that. And I'll tell you, man, it it works. And so that's really how my, my, uh, my self-development journey started. And then I kind of just, you know, added on from there. Yeah. Well, that's a very inspirational story, Rob. That's, that's phenomenal because you know what, like for anybody who, who I want to say anybody, but for majority of folks who lose out that much, first of all, is like, they just walk away and they're like, it's not for me. Right. It's very easy to kind of, you know, call it quits. Totally. And be like, I tried, you know, it's something that I wanted to look into. Yeah. I took the course. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. So, you know what? I'm going to go to something else, but like, what, what kept you just going? What kept you saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to just keep going. Like, was it, um, did you have folks around you that kind of pushed you to that and, and it motivated you? Or was it just yourself? You just knew inside in that, you know what, <laughs> there's something that I missed out on. I know I can recoup this and I can do a much better job. Yeah. I knew at that time, like Ross, I was in a position, I was broke. I was flat broke. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a year ago. I was flat broke. I was right. like, 
I mean, broke to the point, like I, you know, had my wife and stuff, I was still able to survive, but right, right, right. at the point, like, how am I going to do this all over again? Yeah. What, what the reason that I persevered is that I just, I had to hit fear in the face, right? Mm-hmm. There's a thing that's called a push and a pull. Right. And that's re- really what I mean by that is like, what your goals are, right? If you wake up every single day yeah, and you're being pulled towards your goal, you're not going to give up because you, it means the world to you. Yeah. If you have to give up and force yourself to get onto the computer or to analyze that deal or to go somewhere, then you know what? Maybe it's not for you. Right, right. Or find a way. Yep. So the people definitely, I had a ton of encouragement and, and those investors definitely know who they are. I'm forever to this day grateful to them and I always will be for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And they've become very, very good friends of mine. And that is the whole purpose that I kept going forward. Because I was like, look, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then I thought to myself, what's the worst that can possibly happen? Right. If it, if it gets any worse, (laughs) I already lost that large amount of money, Uh but what's the worst that can possibly happen if I just try again? Right. If I can get people to trust me and Mm -hmm. my journey and be honest about my journey, see what happens is, is like. A lot of people, when they go looking for partners, for example, they think it, a lot of it has to do with the deal. It has to do with what deal they're presenting. Mm-hmm. The reality is that the majority of the people that are going to lend to you privately right. or that are going to work with you in a partnership yeah. are doing it for you. They're investing in you. And so I realized, quickly realized this. And I was like, okay, this is what I have to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, if I can just show my story with truth and honesty and integrity, I can get this done. And so I was like, that's where I just, I got, once again, I got super, super vulnerable. And here's what I did. I embraced the failure. If you embrace the failure and you have the vision of what the end goal is, yeah, you're going to get there. Without failure, there is no success. I think we all know that. 100%. If you're not failing, you're not winning. How many, how many, how many different lines can we come up with when it, <laughs> when it comes to failure? The reality is, is how big is your why? Yeah. Why are you doing this in the first place? And here, here's kind of the way that you look at it. And here's the way that I looked at it. I was like, what kind of lifestyle do I want? Mm-hmm. What is it about? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this just because I feel like there's a whole bunch of people doing this? Or am right. I doing this because I see light at the end of the tunnel? Right. If I see light at the end of the tunnel, okay, maybe part of my why is, okay, maybe I want to leave my corporate job. Okay. If you want to leave your corporate job, why? And so I don't know if, if you've heard about this, Ross, but I'm sure and you probably have, and some others might've had it is, is I went through the seven levels deep exercise, the seven uh-huh. levels deep of why. And so let's use the example of like, you know, I want to leave my corporate job. Okay. Why? Well, I just want to, yeah. I don't want to work. Okay. Why? Because I want to spend more time with my family. Okay, why? Because I don't spend enough time with my wife. So on and so on. Let's just say that's the example. And yep. then what happens is you find out you go so, so deep. And then you realize it actually has nothing to do with the money. Mm-hmm. It actually has to do with maybe you want to start a charity. Or maybe that's you right. want to, like me, it doesn't have anything to do with the money. What mine has to do with is being able to give back and give back in more ways than one. But more importantly, how I want to give back is through mentorship to others right, to show right. them that this is possible from somebody that has come up with such a failure. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, if I want to do that, then I guess I do need the money because I need the time. 
Yeah. But then I realized that I was like, okay, if I get the money, that'll give me the time. And then I can follow through with this. And that didn't stand in my way. And so that's where, that's why I'm still doing this today, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Money is just a commodity, but like yeah. what it buys you is time. Literally at the end of the day, like anybody's why is literally being able to do what they want, when they want with whoever they want, right? Yeah. Whether it's a, it's a community, you know, giving back or whether it's traveling or spending time with family, whatever, maybe uh, th that's the one thing that we, we, we can never get back, which is time, right? All we're doing is buying time. That's what it is. And uh, once you, once you grasp the concept of yeah. trading money for time, yeah, it all starts to come together. Yeah. And I totally like, agree. Okay, cool. Like, cause you know, you work eight hours in a corporate job and you do, you know, one hour commute one way, one hour commute the other. That's what my life is 10 hours a right. day. Right. And I look at it and I'm like, well, if I had 10 hours a day just to help somebody and I had the freedom through real estate investing to be able to do that. Right. Oh man. How rewarding is that? How rewarding is that? <laughs> right. So there you go, Absolutely. man. Like, Hey, I wouldn't give that experience back for anything in this entire world, Russ. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't wish that type of like stress and so on and so forth on yeah, other people. For sure. But it's all how you kind of come out of that. And then I think really what, what happens is, is that if it is strong enough, if, mm -hmm. if you know why you're doing this is strong enough, man, you're going to come out of that like a force. Honestly, today I've never been as confident as I am yeah. without that. I've never been as comfortable as I am in the real estate community without that. And I think, you know, that, that should definitely keep, keep people going for sure. Yeah. No, I, I love that. What you said earlier, you, you kind of showed your vulnerability. Yeah. A lot of us hide that, right? Because we fear, we fear being judged or we fear being, uh, you know, come, come across as a failure or whatever, but I love that you did, you use that to your, to your advantage. If, if anything, right. And you show the world that you're a humble person you've been through a, like a tough time and you're still willing to take a step forward and learn and not give up, yeah. which is very powerful. I mean, if, if, if you came to me and you had that story and I was a successful investor, are you kidding me? I would be like, come over here, man. Let me <laughs> show you the ropes, that. right? Like hundred percent, right? It's like, yeah. at the end of the day, we're all humans, right? We, 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 we are attracted to good energy, right? We're attracted to uh, positivity and, and growth and mindset. And so, to, to my uh, point earlier, I love that you were uh, hanging around with people that had that kind of vibe around you that kind of uplifted you, right? Yeah. They weren't like down or say, oh, you lost $65,000. Oh, man, forget it. Are you, are, you, are you kidding me? You're going to go do it again? Yeah. It was more like, oh, man, that's nothing. Like <laughs> in yeah. the grand scheme of things, you're going to make millions on top of that if you continue going and learning this, this method, right? So yeah. I know in my journey and in, in all of our journeys, right. we're going to have failures. It's how you embrace them. And how you come out of them. Yeah. Right. If you can embrace the struggle and, and put all of your concerted effort into what the end is, mm -hmm. bro, you're unstoppable, man. Yeah. No, you're no, it's just, it's just a mindset. At the end of the day, that's what it is, right? You just have to have the mentality to just continue going and, and don't let it stop you. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so what happened next for you then, Rob? So you said you, you finished with that project, you know, you, you kind of lost out. What was the, the first, Taste of success then and from that point, right? That that, that kept you going. Yeah, that's I, I love that one because um it happened really quick. Um <laughs> it was actually just the following month in March. And I, wow. I think we all know what happened in March of 2020. Um right. so I ended up uh, getting into a joint venture partnership with uh with two guys I work with. 
Um, oh. and you know, I had, uh, one of, one of my colleagues, he who's actually one of my partners in one of my businesses now. Um, he, mm-hmm. he, they both are actually, they're both partners in one of my businesses, but, nice. um, he was in a situation where he's like, you know, I really want to invest in real estate. And he's like, you know, yeah. we've talked about this a lot. He's like, I don't really know where to start. He's like, you know, I have a little bit of capital and I'm really looking to get started. And I was like, well, Hey, I think this is a pretty good fit. We know each other pretty well. We've been working together a while now. Like yeah. we talk more and more about, about it. And, and I was like, I love that you bring that up. I'm like, well, why don't we buy a place? And he's like, why don't we? I was like, cool. So I was like, oh, this is pretty awesome, right? I just came out of this. And, and, and you know, look, the trust was there already. And I think that was huge. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we ended up uh, buying a property down in Welland, in Welland, Ontario. And and uh, that was actually in March. Now, funny story about that. You want to talk about like, you know, thriving again from something. Mm-hmm. I, if everybody remembers, if, if I'm pretty confident that it was March the 13th, it was a Friday that kind of everything went crazy in the COVID world. Yeah. And where everything came down, it's like, we're putting a stop to everything. Yeah. We waived our conditions on that property on March the 12th. And I was like, oh, now like really? Yeah. I can't win. Right. Like, well, now what? They're shutting down construction. They're like, (laughs) I can't get permits. I like, I I can't, I don't, am I even going to be able to close on the property? We're closing April 30th. Like, right. What's what's going on? Right. And I was like, oh man, when am I going to catch a break? Dude. I caught a break. <laughs> I caught a break. So that was, so that was definitely the next step. So we took a single family home there. We converted it uh, with a legal uh, secondary dwelling or right. uh, accessory unit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the basement. Um, it was, it was a pretty sweet deal actually at the time because um, we picked it up at 415,000 and uh, it was, the house was only about three and a half years old. So now it'd be before four and a half roughly mm-hmm. um, in, in age. And it was a student rental at the time. And so we had checked the place out and I was like, oh man, this has a ton of potential. Yeah. So, um, luckily enough, um, my, my, my designer, my BCIN, he's actually a good friend of mine as well. He was like, well, let me come for a walkthrough through with you. Nice. So we went for a walkthrough. He's like, dude, this is going to work. I was like, yeah. okay, great. Right. He's like, Hey, listen, like, welcome to Welland. It's, it's really easy to work down here. I'm like, Oh, I love it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Something, something's going to give, we're going to win. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we ended up, uh, it was two bedroom up and, and we converted, it was one bedroom down uh, okay. in the basement. We, we tore the ceilings out. We fire, you know, two by five eights, put in the sound bat and everything fire rated, put the laundry in both the units, mm-hmm. separated the hydro, um, and so on. And, and then we ended up, uh, finishing that price. So we, we closed, uh, April 30th, by the time the ban was lifted, we were able to start construction the 7th of June. Um, and then we finished and tenanted the property on November 1st. Mm. And if everybody kind of remembers where the market's been in the last few months, it, it yeah. worked out pretty good because 100%. I was, an, I was anticipating an after repair value at that time, because now, Hey, I got to be really conservative, right? I'm like, I'll talk to all <laughs> the investors. What are you getting for refinances? What are you getting to refinance this? So I came up with a number and I was like, okay, this yeah. is good. Like looks pretty good. It's got a 40% ROI on it. It's got some cash flow. Yeah. yeah we might leave a little bit more money in the deal. Well, we ended up getting $46,000 more on our refinance. Um, beautiful it paid you out <laughs> yeah 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 we left we still ended up leaving you know roughly about seventy thousand in that deal uh-huh. but if you do the math you know four hundred and fifteen thousand. like here's the power of real estate yeah the purchase price is four hundred and fifteen thousand. and as investors we know that we have to put a 20 percent down payment down right and so that's 83 grand mm-hmm. forget about your closing costs your renovations and all yeah. that stuff, but that's eighty three thousand. yeah plus all of that stuff so by the time we were said and done, 
converted it legally, put tenants in, positive yeah. cash flow. We have about 11%, roughly 11% cash on cash return on that deal. Wow. So it's about just, just under 800-ish, maybe seven and change. Yeah. And, and in year one, it's got a 58% ROI on it. I was like, holy. So wow. here's what I'm saying. 83,000 to originally buy it. Yeah. Do the renovations, force appreciate it, yeah. provide living for more than one family, yep. which we all know we need, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and still positively cash flow and actually leave less in the deal than when we originally bought it. Yeah. Uh, that's the power of real estate. So what made you decide to go with, with uh, you know, converting a single family? And why not just go buy like a duplex or a triplex right off the bat? Because if I went to go buy a duplex or buy a triplex, I'm buying turnkey. Mm-hmm. Which means that all of my investment or my partner's investments are staying in the property right from day one, which right. will bring down kind of the overall ROI unless you hit a home run. Right, right. Um, so the reality was, I was like, okay, you know, like through force appreciation, through gentrification, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're in a position where we can appreciate it to a point that at the minimum, if we pull out the renovation money, we'll be good. So I didn't want to buy turnkey. And even today, I mean, I'm not saying that there's the turnkey deals don't work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all, but I would say, I think what, what, it, what it's really all about is longevity and how far you can stretch the dollar. But the point is, is that if we can extend that dollar, that means we can take it out and now we can yeah. move to another project and right. potentially do it again. In situations where we're buying turnkey, I think for investors that may want to buy maybe one or two, you know, your dollar can go so far, maybe buy a couple mm-hmm. of turnkeys. But Mm -hmm. I think by being able to capitalize on the potential to do a refinance, there's one thing that's never guaranteed, and that's appreciation. I mean, we're seeing rates of like, you know, what did we see in Welland last year? I think 28%, Ross? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Something like that. That's right. That's unfathomable. I run all of my numbers at anywhere from three to 4%. (laughs) Same. I don't, honestly, I put it at conservatively like three. Yeah. I'm like, anything on top of that cherry on top, like, I'm not counting on it. And, and that's how it, it should be because you like it, appreciation is pure speculation. Mm-hmm. And in other words, right? Like who knew what would happen to today's market? Like everybody thought it would be a crash. Like, look at C- CMAC. You remember reading the article? Yeah, that said they said it was going like five years or something like that. That's like, right. They're like, oh, this house market is going to crash, crash, crash. Right. Like I remember like people sending that to me and be like, Ross, you're crazy. Why are you investing now? I'm like, I'm telling you, this is wrong. I'm like, yeah. You're going to look back at this and, and, and be like, okay, yeah, you are, and at that time I just started, right? Like you and newbie is telling me or, or this article who's an entire organization with data that you're wrong. I'm like, I just don't see it. I'm like, it just logically doesn't make sense because we're in a housing crisis in Ontario. A big time. There is so much demand. Like how could possibly anything crash when there is huge demand for something with low supply? It's just market fundamentals, just economics, basic economics in my head. I'm like, and I tell my buddies all the time, there's some that are still on the sideline, believe it or not today, Rob. Yeah. And I advise them. I'm like, listen, every day that you don't invest, you're losing probably $10,000 a day, yeah. if, if not more, depending on what you're going for. Like, it's like, you cannot catch up with the market thinking you're going to uh, have enough savings for a down payment to buy your, your property. Like, you just can't. Yeah. I think the other the other part of it is too is that we can't keep up with inflation. So that's the thing. You just I can't. Mean, you know, if you want to sit on the sidelines and say that the market's going to drop, but I think right. I think here's another here's another part that sometimes can go unnoticed for some people is look at the immigration numbers. Yes, yes. Right? 
the immigration numbers, although through 2020, we've all experienced something that a lot of us have never experienced before in our lives, if not all of us. But the reality is, is that everything will eventually go back Mm -hmm. to normal at some point in time. Immigration will never stop. It won't. No. Right. And and so when you see the demand, like Ross, like you said, it's never going anywhere. So the reality is, as long it's supply and demand, it's like you said, it's simple economics. So as long as there's a demand for it and a lack of supply, the price will continue to go up at some point way, even if it stabilizes, whatever. Yeah. The reality is, is a long-term play. If you're looking at it as a long-term play. That's right. That's right. Don't sit on the sidelines. It's, it's, it's tough to, to see people losing out on opportunity. Yeah. Right. It, and like yourself, me and you were the same in the sense we just want to help people. And I think it's so important that, that, you know, you take a look at that just as long as it, it meets just a few fundamentals, right. It's really not that difficult as long as you have the right direction and the right mentorship to get there. That's right. Don't think for a second that you can do this alone, because if you do this alone, you do what what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you have to have a team around and people you can consult and ask and questions and then, you know, even leverage the contractors or the group of, uh, you know, lawyers, you know, accountants, whatever. Right. Yeah. And that's how you get the, you know, the good people, <laughs> right. You, that's how you build your power team. Don't think that you have to go buy a tollplex tomorrow yeah. and, and throw in, you know, $3.4 million or something. Like <laughs> nobody has that kind of money sitting around. Right. Yeah. Some do, but uh, go small. Test the waters. If you're yeah. seriously considering this as a passion or a long-term goal, um, start with a single family. Just like you said, just start somewhere. Like pick a nice market. And learn everything about that market. Become right. an expert in that market. Yeah. What's the industry? You know, what's what are like the average incomes, I guess, in the area? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of different things. Who's investing most importantly? That's right. See guidance, right? If you're going for a viewing. Right to a property, and you can bring your contractor with you, or you can bring if your inspector is a good relationship, or I, I hope you have it, a good relationship. But yeah. um, if you can bring somebody with you that can really do really a quick synopsis of like the key ticket items, correct, correct, right? Then uh, then you have a pretty good idea, yeah. And you can be comfortable. I mean, nobody likes to go firm. I get that. If it's, you if yeah. if you have to go in with conditions because that's what you're comfortable with. By all means, go with it. Eventually, it will happen. Consistency is key. Yes. Keep going. That's right. In the months of January and February alone, I think I put in 28 offers. Yeah. I mean, there's 30, 31 days in each month. I put in 28. I was like, that's like almost every other day. Yeah. That was for a specific deal with one of my partners because they she really wants to be in the Hamilton market. Right, right. One of my joint venture partners. And so and we all know that the Hamilton market's been crazy. It's been, yeah. it's just been on fire. So with the numbers, I just we haven't been able to market, make it work on market. Right. But if you, if you can get that opportunity to kind of do that walkthrough with, with a contractor or with your inspector and don't be afraid, like, you know, Hey, can I take you for lunch? Can I give you a hundred bucks? Can I give you 150 yeah. bucks or whatever? I just want to pay you for your time to come with me. Yeah. You get those key ticket items will make you so much more confident hundred percent for putting in your offer. And then yeah. what happens is as you continuously do this over and over again, yeah. You'll start looking at these things and remembering and potentially even just do a quick video call and say, Hey, this is the stuff. Do you want to take a look at this? Okay. We're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be ready. in a position where you're going to feel comfortable and then, then you can just take a look at it yourself and be like, okay. Yeah. Yep. Foundation. You're right, man. Good. We got to move with speed. Good. 
<laughs> yeah, we got to move with speed. You're right in that type of yeah. market. And I think if we slow down a little bit here, I will say this, if we slow down in this market and, and you're still on the sidelines, give me a call and let me help you yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it, it really is, is potentially a time to capitalize again um, on this, even though we have some inflated prices in certain markets and stuff. No, stick uh, but, to your numbers. Uh, yeah, that's, you have that's, to stick to your numbers. You have yeah. to. You have yeah. to. Like cash flow, cash flow is king. Cash flow is yeah. absolute king. Yeah. And if that's your goal that that you need X amount of dollars per month in cash flow, then start working towards that. Yeah. And, and believe me, guys, like I'm not just saying this to exaggerate or whatnot, but like I have seen so many deals on MLS. You just have to be very patient. You're not every yeah. single deal, like you know, listing is a deal, but I've seen some amazing deals on MLS. And like the moment you see it, you got to pull the trigger quick. I've seen, again, depending on what your strategies are, I've seen an amazing, uh, basically cottage right on Fort, uh, Fort Erie, Crystal Beach area that was just, I was shocked at how much it sold for. Really? Three bedroom sold for 350. I'm like, that is a steal. Good, be, good Airbnb property. I'm sorry? Good Airbnb property. Oh, it's it, Rob, it was five minute walk from the beach. Oh, wow. 350 was a steal. Deal yeah. like it was listed for two ninety nine. I thought it was gonna go four hundred or more because the value itself and the room sizes were good. It was very very amazing property. That was one I saw. Another one it was a triplex. I was speaking to Rob earlier about <laughs> was sold for four thirty. That region, that area, the 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 medium you're looking at five uh, hundreds minimum. Yeah. Four thirty is a steal. So there's deals there. Absolutely, you just have to be able to work with the right people. Yeah. Right. Have your mind. Uh, have a realtor or a good realtor or have a power team and whoever maybe is to look out for these deals. And the moment you see it, my point is just act quick. You have to be ready. So you have to have your money ready. If you're going to be, you know, going through the banks, have the finances in order um, and work with, with experts. Like you said, maybe if you're not comfortable, do a home inspection. The home inspection is like, what, $300, $400? Yeah. yeah. You could save yourself four four thousand, ten thousand, or forty thousand dollars if there's a foundation issue yeah. by spending that four hundred, right? So never be afraid to spend money on it on something that makes you money. Like again, I always say this: like think long term. Yeah. Don't think, oh, I burned the four hundred dollars. Think, okay, you know what? No. The, the the at the very least, I got a report now. Now I understand what what a, a home inspector looks for. Mm-hmm. What are the areas? And then just learn from that report. Next time when you do walk, do walk through, look for those items. Yeah. It's clear that's what they're doing. Those are the criteria. Now you know this is what they look for. Here is the, the um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I, I, I learned when I did my first uh, home inspection was uh, uh, they have like a little um, machine that, that uh, it can detect moisture. Yeah, yeah. Right? Again. Like a thermal reading. Thermal reader, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, you can go purchase that from Home Depot for a hundred bucks. And there you go. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I, there's a couple tools that I take along with me too, right? Once right. again, talking about the ex- the extra strategies, I think I have it right here. Actually, you won't yeah. be able to see this on the on the stream, but yeah, this this is just just measures the ceiling heights for me. Oh right? yeah, it's I love the laser that goes across the room that I can measure room sizes and stuff like that. This this this, this tool cost me like sixty bucks. Yeah, um, and, uh, and I carry it with me every viewing I go to 100%. because. You know, now you can start to get creative too on layouts and stuff like that. The more that you can see when you're there and visualize, mm-hmm. the better you will be when it gets to that point where maybe you have to be in competition per se. Once again, what's the worst thing that's possibly going to happen? You're going to learn something. Yeah. The way I look at it is like worst thing I could, the worst thing that could potentially happen is I just put it back in the market. Yeah. 
someone's going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how so I look that, about it. Like worst case scenario. I'm better, okay. Better yet. You give a few of us a call and just do it off market. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now I'm like, I, I yeah, it's, 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 I don't, I don't want to say it's bulletproof, but it is bulletproof. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't know how else to say it because uh, it, my eyes opened up completely ever since I learned about, you know, real estate investing and kind of, you know, the leveraging money, more importantly, yeah. the way the banks, they just keep giving you over and over again, the tax oh. savings, it's just, it's endless. It's un, 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 incredible. That's why if you look at any multi-billionaire or millionaire, million is nothing now, billionaire, yeah. <laughs> they have an investment portfolio in real estate. Yeah. Every single one of them. Whether it's through REITs or or, mix right. or anything like that, like people people have that, and, and it's such a good point because the power of leverage is so key. Yeah, you know, banks are. If you can get lines of credits, mm-hmm. get them. Right there, there shouldn't be anything stopping you. Yeah, from from taking advantage of those. Once if you can if you can understand creative financing, the opportunities are also endless for you. I literally never decline a credit card nowadays. I know that. My, uh, somebody may say, oh, don't do that and you ruin your credit score. But I'm like, no, because I'm like, I can build that up. Yeah. 2,000 here, 2,000 there, 20,000 there adds up, right? Yeah, totally. And here's the thing with that too. Like if you get a pre-approval it, it, that that they give you an offer for a credit card, it's only, it's only been a soft check. There was yeah, no hard right. inquiry on your credit report. Yeah. What they've done is they've actually taken a look at your credit report and said, wow, you're a great borrower. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you an offer. Right. If you actually take that, what happens is even if you don't use it, mm-hmm. it becomes part of what's called as your utilization rate. Okay. So I'll give you an example. If you have a $5,000 line of credit, a right. $5,000 MasterCard, a f- and a $10,000 Visa, okay, mm-hmm. $20,000 total. Yep. If you have zero balance on that $20,000, you have 0% utilization, which means that you're very responsible. Yeah, that's the way it comes across to the creditors. That's right. If you have ten thousand of the twenty thousand in balance, you're now at a fifty percent utilization. Yeah, and so when lenders are looking at your credit report, they want to see things like this: patterns of you're paying, you're making your payments on time, your utilization rate isn't high. Mm-hmm. So if we have twenty thousand and we have, let's say, a ten thousand dollar balance, we're at fifty percent utilization. Right. Well, what if the next bank offered you a $20,000 line of credit and you took it? Mm-hmm. You now have $40,000. Yep. And with a $10,000 balance, what happened to your utilization? It's now 25%. Quarter. Yeah. Instead of 50. That's right. If you keep doing that over and over again, you've now got the power of other people's money. After the the duplex conversion, I did a, a few flips last year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and anytime I do do my flips, it's all on private funds. What I realize is it's just part of the numbers. So if you get a line of credit and it's six percent, right? But you go borrow, you know, Ross. I say, hey, Ross, I need fifty thousand for renovations, and you say, okay, I want ten percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it just becomes part of my numbers. Yeah, and as long as it works in my numbers, and I'm very conservative on the sense of like what I potentially will get based on comparable sales data. Yes. Yes. In the last 90 days. Yeah. Right. Which is super key. Comparable sales data in the last 90 days, meaning house for house, same thing. Yeah. Using that. Well, if it works in the numbers, everybody wins. Yeah. Your lenders win, you win. And how much of your own money did you come to the deal with? You Mm -hmm. now just profited off the power of OPM. 
That's and right. your partners also just won. Yeah. So getting these lines of credits, um, I think, I think is really important. You know, have a line of credit that you can use for some renovations or something. Because the reality is, is even with the twenty percent down payment, mm-hmm. if you go in traditional financing, like through the banks, you can't just pull from a personal line of credit that's unsecured and use that as a down payment. You have to have your own resources. Right. Right. Your own funds. Right. Right. So. I think it, it's super key. So when I look at those things, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I, I love partnerships. If I could get Ross, if I give you 10% and we create a great partnership, yeah, then I don't need to necessarily go to my line of credit at 6%. I've now just made a great partnership with another investor mm-hmm. who down the road may say, hey, Rob, you know, I need 50 grand. Or I might say, hey, Ross, do you want to work with us again? That's and right. that's the, right. now the power of relationships. But if I wanted to do another deal at the same time, I can go look at my line of credit and say, okay. I can use this for the renovations. I still have a great relationship with my lenders. Right. I can now do another deal. And guess what happens? It starts to stack. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to compound and now you start to scale. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's, 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 that's a fundamental of learning what the, how the banks utilize or look at your credit score and how you can essentially build a credit score. Right. So, um, I was just having this conversation just yesterday with my mortgage agent and um, I was like, he was just explaining to me, he's like, for just a rule of thumb, it's not an accurate number, but just a uh, rough idea. For every six hundred dollars that you have of a, a, a liability, right, like something that you're lending, let's say it's a car loan, yep. that's you're losing out uh, about a hundred thousand dollars in 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 leverage through the bank. Interesting. So that's how you got to think about it. Six hundred dollars I'm getting on a I'm paying I'm financing a car, yeah, and I lost out a hundred k of maybe using that for a mortgage. Yeah, simple math. It's- isn't that something too? Because like we all yeah. talk about lifestyle, right? How many right. real estate investors live frugality? Oh, right. Pretty much all of us. <laughs> it's kind of the name of the game, right? Right. It's kind of the name of the game. Now, don't get me wrong. Like we have to live, you know, you want a nice sure. car, go get a nice car. I, I, I would, I would prefer that if you're going to get a nice car that you use your passive income to yeah. pay for the payments on that car. If you're not buying it cash, I also wouldn't say buy your car outright. I don't yeah. think that's a smart idea either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would smart use that right. for, for investing in real estate. Correct. But you're completely right. And and going back to the credit report, that six hundred dollars payment on mm-hmm. that on that on that car is what's called as an installment loan. That's right. So when it comes down to your debt servicing, your total debt servicing ratio, your TDS, mm-hmm. when they calculate that that installment loan, that whole payment will be calculated monthly. That's right. Whereas a revolving credit, where you can take it off, pay it back, take it off multi times, use it. Mm-hmm. They only use a percentage of the balance. Now, some lenders will calculate it differently. So, for the yeah. sake of the example, that we'll say that it's a percentage of the balance, like three percent, right? And that becomes part of your monthly payment. So, if you have, you know, thirty thousand dollars of balance on this, they don't take the whole thirty thousand; they take the percentage, right? And then add that to your TDS. Now, if you can leave it, if you can have it below their thresholds of like forty to forty-four percent, mm-hmm. you're still a good candidate. Yeah. So we try to bring down the cost. So this is, once again, goes back to, this is how powerful these can be. You can have $30,000 renovation going on and still qualify for a mortgage. It's pretty good, man. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but you got like three or four car payments or two car payments and a massive mortgage payment and so on. I think, you know, that's something that we kind of, we all have to scale up to eventually. For sure. Time. For sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. So, so Rob, tell, tell me a little bit about, about you know, the flipping model, because I'm really interested in that i would love to hear you know your um i guess criteria how to how you evaluate a deal and yeah. and eventually figuring out what the arv is going to be and then taking on those tasks and 
if you can just walk us through it, that'll be really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid of really any type of flip. Um, but I will say this after, after the experience that I had on in, in St. Catharines at that time, I was kind of like, look, I, I do appreciate, and I do understand the reality that we need active income. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to take on any flips, I really want to look at stuff that's like three to maybe four months. And I mean, close to close, mm -hmm. close on the property, start renovations, flip it, and then close again. Okay. So let's even say like three to six months at the max. Right. The reason that I say that is based on comparable sales data. We don't know where the market's going in the next 30 days, nor do we know where the market's going tomorrow, nor did we even realize that COVID happened. That's right. That's right. We woke up and it happened. Yeah. So it's so I try not to it's once again, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. Right. Absolutely. So having said that, if I'm looking at those, I'm like, okay, if I can execute something like 90 days, right, 90 to 120 out, I have a general idea of like what I should be getting with for for my after repair value based on once again, apples to apples comparable sales data for yeah. an ARV. Correct. Then what I do is I take that ARV, I do 80% of that ARV minus mm -hmm. the renovation cost. Mm -hmm. And that's my purchase price. If I can get it at that purchase price, I'll quote unquote this and say, it's a home run. Yeah. Right. But what I usually look for in any of my deals, and we'll say hypothetically that, you know, it's just private financing. Um, Cause I, I use private financing on all of my active income, on all of my active deals, my flips. Right. Um, even if it's just quick retail flips. Uh, anything like that. It's all it's all done on private funds. I'll generally bring a portion of 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 the down payment, if not the twenty percent down payment, to kind of reduce my my costs. Right. But what I do is I'm I'm looking at it for about forty to fifty thousand dollars in profit. Mm. If I can generate forty to fifty thousand dollars in ninety to one hundred and twenty days, right, with a buffer. Then I think I've done quite well. Yeah, I find for flipping for myself, and once again, not that I'm not that I'm really afraid of going further. I've done foundation work, I've done stuff like that, so it's not yeah. really a big deal. But I find the longer term that you're in the project gives you a little bit more of an unknown. And I know there's investors out there that will disagree with me in the sense of longer term flips, mm -hmm. but I think you really then have to purchase at a really really deep discount. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So a lot of a lot of my flips um, or my quick retail flips will come from off market. So I also have a, a, a an off market business, Horseshoe Home Buyers, right? Um, that we source deals through that as well as discussions through other through other uh, wholesalers, right, right, right. And that's not to say though that there's not perfect opportunities on the market. You just have to look for them. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think that just has to take the time. So that's how I kind of go about that. So what I do is I'm looking at my comparable sales data. I'm looking at the types of finishes that they have. Okay. The reality is, is that even if it is a flip, I'm mm -hmm. still looking at more than that one exit strategy. Because if you walk into that deal and the deal is only to flip this property and put right. it on the market, you might be in for a world of hurt. Yes, yes, for sure. So as I'm running my numbers at the same time, I'm like, okay, if I can get it at this number as well, what is the fair market rent in that area for a single family home yep. in case I get stuck holding the bag? That's and right. does it also cash flow on my um, private financing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then that allows me time to either you know take it on myself with one of my corps or whatever, 
or right. find a partner for it and say, Hey, you know, if you want to park some cash, here's the outlook on it. And then I'll project it out a few years yep. to take a look at what it's going to give us. So I try not to overcomplicate the flipping model. If, if it, because the market's kind of going like up and down, up and down, <laughs> kind of with through its cycles, we have to be able to sustain through the cycles. Yeah. So if you can sustain from, from the start to the top, to the very bottom, back to the start again, I might even think just to actually hold on to it. And oh, I don't really, I don't want to hold on to single family homes, but at least that gives you another exit. So on the flipping side, like, you know, it really, really has to be deal dependent. I think you really have to look at it and go, you know, does it make sense? Does it make sense? So on the flipping side, like, you know, it really, really has to be deal dependent. I think you really have to look at it and go, you know, does it make sense? Does it make sense to sell it? Yeah. But I think that's such a good problem to have. Otherwise, you can go back to 2019 or the beginning of the show. Yeah. And you can just do what I did and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and that's the thing I was going to mention. It's like for, for folks starting out, definitely do not go into flipping as your first, not your first investment. Project. Definitely not. I would not advise that at all. And I am sure you agree with me on that. <laughs> I will 100% agree. You, there's a lot that goes into it. You do need to have like you said, uh, the fundamental understanding of the markets and everything like that. And doing that first off the bat, I, I would definitely not advise. At least get your feet wet, get some rentals, speak to other folks, so forth. And then um, once you feel comfortable and you're confident, you've done maybe some some renovations, some burrs or whatever, maybe then you, you have better understanding of the ARV, the um, also just the construction aspect. I mean, yeah. price of construction have skyrocketed, like lumber has gone up. <laughs> Everything like, what, like the plumber charges more, the, the contractors are, are just asking for more, and rightfully so because they are on demand again. Yeah, back to supply and demand, right? There's a lot of renovations happening. I did, and they don't do just your project, they have like three, four going at the same time. So, yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> Perfect segue to, to what I was going to go get into, which was books. Top three that you would, you would recommend somebody looking into either scaling their business or portfolio or getting into real estate investing. I believe you mentioned one already. Uh, money people deal. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I got I got a whole bunch, man. That's such yeah. a good question. Well, obviously, we know Rich Dad, and I'm sure that's been mentioned by lots of people, and lots of people will mention that. Read Rich right. Dad, Poor Dad. No matter what you do, just read that book. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. Absolute must. The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. That was that, that was a one. game. Yeah, that was a game changer for me. The Four Hour Work Week yeah. would be another one. I'm about to start reading Traction. Yeah. And the next up on the list after that is four disciplines of execution. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, no, those, those are those are some of them I've read, and some of them are are uh, on my to do or to read list, I should say. <laughs> yeah, good man. That's, that's yeah. Great. You know, if you could travel, I know we can't travel right now. And you can go anywhere in the world. Where would it be, and why? I, I used to work on the cruise ships. Um, yeah. In 2003, I spent a year on the cruise ships, and and I traveled to this island uh, called Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. And I traveled the whole Eastern seaboard of North America, basically started in New York city and went all the way down. And Tortola to me was, was peace. It was death. Like it was just amazing. The beach was beautiful. It's literally, you come up to this Island and it's like, it, it just a peak, right? You know, it just looks like a hill on all these sides and there's houses built on all sides of the hill. So it's, it's a decent size Island, right? They yeah. On American currency down there at the time. Right. But, it's it's a beautiful place, and if I could go back there um, and have a place, I, I would really really love to. And I want my wife to experience that, and it will be one of the places 
um, that we're going to travel to next because we do love, love, love the South. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, any last piece of wisdom, you know, for, for folks that you want to, you know, leave them off with at least one piece of advice before we wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely want to. I think um, get your education, surround yourself with people that are doing it, focus on what you're good at. And if you focus on what you're good at, you will, pro- you will be provided with clarity. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to be in a position where you can ask questions. You can ask for help. You can hire people to help you get you to that next level. And I think really on that is like, sit down and ask yourself, why are you doing this? And this isn't only for new investors. This goes for everybody. Right. Sit down and ask yourself why you're doing this in the first place. Earlier in the show, I mentioned about achievement and fulfillment. And I think fulfillment goes unnoticed with a lot of people, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I think we all need to look at it. I always revisit it. I keep revisiting. Why am I doing this in the first place? Right. And then I get, I dig deeper and deeper. And I think if your why is big enough, you will do whatever it takes. So get educated, get around people that you need to get around and, and just do it. That's, that's really what I would say. And if I can be of any help along the way, by all means, please just ask. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if people, people want to connect with you, Rob, where, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, for sure. On, uh, on Instagram, you can find me at rob.chopra uh, and on Facebook at Rob Chopra. And uh, yeah, you can find me there. Sweet. Yeah, you know, I'll definitely put those in the show notes. And yeah, Rob is a fantastic guy to reach out to. Uh, he does want to give back to the community as, as much as possible. So yeah, definitely feel free to reach out to him with your questions. Run it some. If you have so many questions, you want to run a deal by him, whatever it may be, feel free. Uh, we're very, we're open book. Like we don't hide anything. Yeah. So, you know, any way we can give back and help you, we will. Um, so definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's been awesome, Rob. I'm so glad we we're able to uh, get together and connect and, you know, share some knowledge and wisdom here. Uh, and I hope people uh, listening got some, you know, great nuggets out of tonight's uh, episode. Yeah. Ross, thanks so much once again for having me, man. I'm really, really grateful. And, uh, you know, great podcast that you have going here. Keep it going, man. Keep it lit. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you were able to get some great golden nuggets out of it. The kindest thing that you can do is share this podcast across all social media to help as many people as possible. If you like this podcast or have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or YouTube. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Remember, financial freedom is just a few properties away. 